Hello everyone and welcome to Tarot Esoterica Episode 2. My name is Laurel and I'm branded online as The Lavacular. This podcast series is just me talking about basic occult symbolism and metaphysical philosophy with tarot cards in mind. Today's topic is polarity and duality. Now, I've been listening to other occultists talk on YouTube about why polarity and duality are not the same things in a metaphysical context, and I can switch to this convention, and I'm working at it. This is my current understanding of the difference. Polarities are value-neutral opposites, like north and south. North versus south is simply two opposed directions. You can't be physically moving both north and south at the same time. Polarities are very objective and based on how reality works for everyone. Duality, by comparison, is a paired concept like good and evil, ugly and beautiful, strong and weak. Assigning something a dualistic trait is always subjective and it's just based on what we individually think and feel. My very favorite terminology for talking about polarity and duality is Chinese in origin, and that is the principal yin-yang. I'm sure you've seen the yin-yang symbol of a circle divided into a black half containing a white spot and a white half containing a black spot. This glyph is also called the Taiji Du, or the Taiji, and it's a symbol that was adopted into Taoism a long time ago. And that's the context we most often see it in mainstream media. According to Chinese philosophy, yin and yang are the archetypal binary elements, forces, or principles in everything. Yin is the black aspect of the Taiji, and yang is the white aspect of the Taiji, and both of them have these long lists of polar pairs and dual pairs associated with them. In theory, um, yin and yang are objectively respected equally in Chinese philosophy because neither can exist without each other, and harmony comes from getting their forces in balance. Achieving harmony or balance between yin and yang is the end game in most Eastern esoteric systems that I've personally studied. Now, much of the mysticism of Taoism has parallels to the mysticism of other faith-based systems. You don't need to be a Taoist to include yin-yang in your spiritual or philosophical paradigm, just like you don't need to live in Italy to enjoy pasta. A tai chi zhu, uh, thinking trans- transcends into any balance-seeking, harmony-seeking practice, including mental alchemy. And I am a mental alchemist and I'm constantly trying to balance the yin-yang polarities and dualities in my personal life. Why? Well, humans are very binary thinkers living in a very binary seeming world. We make dozens of choices every day about turning lights on or off, reaching right or left, making something darker or lighter, looking up or down. 
even though we humans recognize that there are spectrums and lots of shades of gray between metaphorical black and white, nuance is something our human brains process more slowly, more thoughtfully than we process polarity and duality. So we live in this yin-yang universe, and we do because of the metaphysical law of polarity. I first learned the law of polarity when I was in early grade school and found this weird little blue book on a dusty bottom shelf in my school library. It was called The Kibalion, and it's spelled K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. What the Kabbalion was doing on the shelf of the Holly Elementary School Library in Fort Dodge, Iowa, is to my day beyond my kenning. Because this is a pretty deep, small, but deep book of hermetic occult philosophy. Call it synchronicity, call it something in the universe simply wanted 10-year-old me to find the Kabbalion and become obsessed with trying to figure out what the hell it was talking about. Anyone who studied the Kabbalion is probably laughing right now. This was back in 1979, the year the first hardcover AD&D books came out, and movies like The Black Hole and The Amityville Horror were out, and that was all part of my world, and so was the Kabbalion. There I was, studying the Kabbalion cover to cover, and completely muddled and confused, but loving it all the same. Now, the Kabbalion was first published in 1908, and it was all the rage among occultists just when the writer Waite Smith tarot deck was being created by Pamela Coleman Smith for A.E. White. This is kind of important because the Kabbalion was something that everybody was talking about just as these esoteric tarot decks were being visualized and drawn. So there was a lot of connection between them. The Kabbalion is now in the public domain and remains one of the most quoted books in the Western occult tradition. The Law of Polarity is one of the Kabbalion's seven hermetic laws, and it says, everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. So, everything is dual. Everything has poles. Every pair of opposites can ultimately be viewed as yin and yang to each other. Cognitive bias tends to make humans very subjective about our pairs of opposites. This plunges us into bigotry and the big isms like racism and sexism. We're constantly getting messaged that white is better than being black, that being male is better than being female, that being straight is better than being queer, that being cis is better than being trans, and the list goes on and on. Now, tarot is a really good tool to help reprogram our brains to overcome cognitive 
bias. Authors of the Kabbalion were products of their cultural upbringing, and they had lots of cognitive bias. The occultists of the 1920s had lots of cognitive biases, and so do occultists alive today, including me. But despite flaws in perception then and now, tarot cards, especially the major arcana cards, are all about yin and yang as it expresses itself esoterically and about trying to bring opposing forces into balance. Sometimes it is obvious in tarot imagery, such as in the two pillars that the high priestess sits between or the two sphinxes in front of the chariot in Rider Waite Smith style decks. Sometimes it is more simply implied, like the way the empress is followed by the emperor and the moon is followed by the sun and all the keywords and concepts associated with them. And you can make all of this about polarity and not duality. You don't need to apply one of these things, one of the dark um, or one of the light better than the others. Now, because I am a 52-year-old magician who's trying really hard to break myself of some systemic cognitive biases when it comes to gender and race, I use as much gender-neutral and value-neutral phrasing for yin-yang as I can. For example, I talk about yin being fixed, formative, receptive, and lunar. I no longer associate the moon femininity. I talk about yang being cardinal, forceful, dynamic, and solar. I no longer associate the sun with masculinity. I prefer tarot decks like the Pride Tarot collaborative deck that break away completely from conventional race, sex, gender assignments to the cards. I like these decks because they help with my mental deprogramming. There is nothing wrong with anyone preferring traditional writer Smith weight or other classic tarot imagery. Use whatever deck feels right to use. Use whatever personal truths you have when it comes to applying gender to yin-yang, moon-sun, and all the other polarities. Just understand that cognitive bias is real, racism is real, sexism and all the isms are a challenge everywhere, including tarot. So make a real effort to value the yin and yang all around and within you and your tarot in ways where it's balanced and ways where you appreciate both columns equally all the time. So do a little research of your own into mental alchemy and Chinese philosophy and see what happens when you apply them to your life as a tarot reader and a human being. That's my advice for the day. And we are coming to the conclusion of Tarot Esoterica 
episode two. I really hope you found it interesting and worth your time. The next episode will be an explanation of the trinary principle as it plays out in tarot, especially as the three astrological modalities and the philosophical concept of thesis, antithesis, synthesis. I will touch on how the trinary principle also shows up in alchemy and the Kabbalah because these systems are woven deeply into esoteric tarot and occult texts about the tarot. If you really like tarot esoterica so far, please let me know and spread that praise on your social media platforms. My brand new website with a blog, free esoteric tarot lessons, and a lot of other content is located at thelaracular.com. Starting in a couple of weeks on Wednesday, January 20, I plan to be live streaming tarot in a cult chat at twitch.tv slash thelaracular and please give me a follow there. You can also catch me on Twitter at tlaracular, but be warned, on Twitter I get opinionated and goofy and political. Until next time, I wish nothing but the best for you and yours. May the world do good unto you, and may you do good unto the world. <music>